Welcome to the AWS Tech Chat. We're solution architects based in APAC, and we help customers adopt the AWS Cloud Platform. In each episode, we talk about the latest and most interesting technical developments in the world of AWS Cloud. We bring you the AWS Roundup and deep tech dives into topics of interest. Hey, it's Shane here and welcome back to Tech Chat with part two of our reInvent 2018 recap. In the previous episode, we looked at reInvent with an infrastructure lens, but with software eating the world and many of the announcements at, at reInvent occurring up the stack, in this episode, we'll be covering off some of the important announcements around AI and machine learning, relevant to a broad cross-section of our listener base from the data scientist to the developer. Announcements that center around our core mission to put machine learning in the hands of every developer. And there's no better co-host to have today other than the one and only Tom McMeekin, who will be our guide today as we'll navigate these announcements. Welcome, Tom. Hey, Shane. Great to be back on the episode again. Um, you know, it's a really exciting space, the AI and machine learning um, space out in the market today. And the some of the announcements that we saw at, uh, at reInvent um, just uh, a couple of weeks ago really sort of echoed some of the the rich heritage that Amazon has around machine learning and unlocking those capabilities and making them available to our customers is, is really exciting to see. It really is. All right, so today we're going to skip the news because we have another jam-packed episode to cover. So onto the show and to just to set the scene around AI and ML, and for those who aren't data science among us, you know, like myself, let's start with a question that many a parent of young children get asked, and that is why, you know, like why AI and ML? And at Amazon, we're focused on the toughest challenges that hold back success with machine learning and are focused on solving the problems that customers face, which are mainly around flexibility and cost, you know, having large amounts of data sets, you know, to train these AI ML algorithms and ease of use. And in order to do this, we have services and offerings across three distinct layers. And I like to think of these as learning curves that have a relationship between flexibility and ease of use. So firstly, we have AI services. So these are our API driven. They're for people you know, like myself, an application developer with little to no ML experience and can build applications that utilize ML capabilities. So we're talking about existing services here like recognition and new services to which we'll learn about today, such as Comprehend Medical and TextTract. Moving on, we've got ML services, which make it easy for developers to build and train, deploy ML models, such as SageMaker. And then finally, we have the ML frameworks and infrastructure, you know, the best frameworks optimized for running on various infrastructure. At AWS, we've got, you know, various compute GPU offerings targeted, you know, for data scientists. So let's get started with announcements that target those already familiar with ML frameworks and understand that, you know, CAFE is a deep learning framework, not a place where I'm going to go and grab a latte. <laughs> yes, Shane, I, I think uh, the last episode, um, yourself and Dr. Pete dove pretty deep in some of the announcements around in the compute space. And, and, that, and some of those announcements really flow through um, into the uh, machine learning and uh, in infra infrastructure capabilities that we make available to customers. You know, the one of one of the uh, big announcements that we saw in the compute space was the unlocking of the um, 100 gigabit of throughput uh, networking speeds uh, available within uh, some of the EC2 instances, uh, and we saw that also uh, be announced within our um, GPU-backed instances in our P3 instances. Um, enabling customers now to um, get access to 100 gigabits of, of networking throughput 
Um, and, you know, if he's looking at some of the, the, the core um, compute um, and processing capabilities within the AWS platform, now, customers now can get access to um, and leveraging the, the P3DN24 uh, extra large, um, uh, up to eight NVIDIA V100 Tensor, Tensor Core GPUs, uh, 768 uh, gigabytes of RAM. And this is significant, significant power that we're putting in the, in the hands of our data scientists. Now, this is, this is the most powerful, um, most powerful compute capabilities or machine learning training processes available in a cloud platform today. Wow, so I believe that's delivering up to one petaflop of mixed precision point performance per instance. Yeah, it's pretty I impressive, isn't it? It is, I think this would be a great crypto mining rig. What do you think? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Look, on a serious note though, you know, as part of the launch of these P3DN instances, there was a price drop for existing P3 instances. So on December 6, the following prices went to effect. So there was a 20% reduction for all prices for on-demand and RI for P3 instances in the Asia-Pacific Tokyo region, 15% reduction for on-demand and RI for instances for P3 instances in the Asia-Pacific Sydney and Asia-Pacific Singapore and Seoul regions. And then lastly, a 15% reduction for standard RIs with a three-year term for all P3 instance sizes in all regions except for Asia-Pacific Tokyo, Asia-Pacific Sydney, Asia-Pacific Singapore, and Asia-Pacific Seoul. So, Tom, I believe that is our 68th price reduction since the launch of AWS. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, isn't it, Shane? Um, you know, how we're continuing to, to reduce the prices of our um, services to our customers and really unlocking the power for, for them to, to start to leverage the benefits of that. Yeah, and look... Especially on this space here, you know, these P3 instances, they're not cheap. So by reducing the cost of these P3 instances, you know, this is really going to help further, you know, reduce the entry point for those who are, you know, getting really serious into machine learning and AI. And so, um, so continuing in the infrastructure space, there was also some interesting announcements around providing that price per performance benefits to our customers who are running machine learning models. Uh, and the first announcement here was uh, the Amazon Elastic Inference. Um, where this is enabling customers to add GPU acceleration to any Amazon EC2 instance. And this is in that really focused at um, unlocking and providing flexibility to customers in, in that inference space. So effectively, uh, at, the, at the end of that uh, machine learning lifecycle where you have trained your model and you're hosting your model um, and you're performing or serving um, inferences or predictions uh, off the back of maybe an API request, um, and trying to uh, lower that cost uh, for hosting those models uh, for our customers. So when you, can, when you compare the options that customers have to host a, a model for inference um, that uh, they require GPU-backed capabilities, uh, customers have, have the options of looking at, say, um, hosting their model on an Amazon EC2 P3 instance, which we were just talking about. Now, P3 instance start at 125 TFLOPs, and that's from the smallest P3 instance available. And so when you contrast that with, the, um, with that flexibility of throughput that I mentioned for the elastic um, inference, that you're effectively getting that 1 to 32 trillion floating point operations. So again... Uh, lowering that that barrier or price point for um, for particular inference that you're looking to achieve for the various different models that you're, you're looking to tra uh, train. Um, so the Amazon Elastic Inference today is is GA um, generally available, and it's available in US East Virginia, US uh, East Ohio, US West Oregon, 
Ireland and in the European regions. And in Asia Pacific, we have Tokyo and Seoul region available. That is awesome. You know, the ability that you can just attach an elastic inference to an EC2 instance is is awesome. So, and I think this innovation, you know, which we're providing the customers is, you know, as I just mentioned, really amazing. Last episode, Pete and I spoke about AWS Inferentia, which is our custom machine learning inference chip designed to deliver high performance at a low cost. Both Amazon Elastic Inference and AWS Inferentia provide support for TensorFlow, Apache MXNet and Onyx models with more frameworks coming soon. Speaking of frameworks, Shane, so I love the flexibility and agnostic nature we give customers on the various choice of frameworks. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a bunch out there today. Um, and, uh, and one of the most common ones um, that we see customers utilizing is, is TensorFlow. In fact, um, 85% of the cloud-based TensorFlow workloads uh, run on AWS. And so what we're doing as part of um, seeing customers choose um, some popular frameworks like TensorFlow or, or MXNet is that we're um, laser focused on further optimizing these frameworks to run um, more optimally, again, price per performance benefits to customers, uh, when they run these frameworks on AWS. Now, one of the announcements we made um, at reInvent was AWS optimized TensorFlow. So think of this as um, us refining or, or optimizing the TensorFlow framework for running workloads here on AWS. In fact, we're seeing um, huge benefits uh, in, in this for customers. Now we make this optimized uh, TensorFlow um, version available to customers that as part of the pre-baked deep learning AMI, um, which is available uh, within the EC2 uh, service. Um, and it's also SageMaker as well. And the benefits that we're seeing here are, are phenomenal in, in the sense of utilization of, of GPUs. Uh, so um, you know, if, we, if we do a comparison, a high level comparison between uh, the unoptimized TensorFlow framework version running on a, on a, on a, on a P3 instances uh, versus leveraging the new AWS optimized TensorFlow version, uh, we're, we're seeing from 65% of utilization of GPUs com uh, compared to uh, utilization of that of up to 95%. So huge benefits to our customers in really being able to get the full utilization of GPUs. Now, how we're actually doing this or what we've actually focused on from a, from that TensorFlow um, standpoint is, is leveraging the, uh, the Horovod uh, distributed training framework, um, which is really providing that high level of scalability uh, within the TensorFlow framework. Now, interesting fun fact, uh, uh, Shane, Horovod is, 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 is Uber's or driven out of Uber as an open source version. And it's providing effectively a ring uh, or reduced algorithm. It's a HPC, um, high performance computing technique. Uh, and and what, what it does is effectively it uses, um, or it's, it's used for averaging gradients and communicating these gradients across the, all the nodes within, uh, within your training network. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great to see how uh, these further optimizations that we're bringing into and enhancing the, the really common frameworks like TensorFlow um, out there for customers to be able to leverage. You know, I believe, Tom, um, Horovod is named after a traditional Russian folk dance in which performers dance with linked arms in a circle, much like how distributed TensorFlow processes use Horovod to communicate with each other. Is that right, Shane? I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued how you, uh, how you, how you have made that linkage. Uh, no, but you know what? You can use that at a barbecue over Christmas time. <laughs> I might do New Year's Eve. Look out. <laughs> All right. So look, moving up from the bottom, the middle layer of the AI ML stack are our ML services. And these are the services that are really here to help the ML developers and data scientists, you know, overcome some of the common challenges around the ease of use and data. 
So the journey into building machine learning models starts with preparing your data set. And in fact, a large proportion of customers' time is generally focused in this area. Which leads me to the next announcement, Amazon SageMaker Ground Truth, which is really here to help developers and data scientists in the data preparation phase, making it easy to label your training data easily and accurately. Yeah, that's right, Shane. So having high-quality training data is super critical to building up successful machine learning models. You know, a great analogy I think about this is when you're preparing for an exam, so for the university students out there, even our high school student listeners, um, who have probably just come out of uh, the exam period, um, you know, as part of that preparation phase, um, it's always about finding a previous exam of the, of the previous year or previous semester on that topic that you can um, start to to do and become familiar with some of the some of the questions, um, which is effectively preparing yourself to recognize similar patterns within the questions in the exam um, topic. Now, obviously, you want to sit that exam uh, or, or do the practice exams relevant to um, to the topic that you're going to be sitting the exam for. So, making sure you have high quality practice exams available to you um, will put you in that best position to to sit that exam and get your, your results. And in annotation for machine learning is, is very something similar, right? So when you, when you look about um, this annotation piece, it's taking the data and it's labeling data, um, which the data could be in various different forms. It could be in the form of a text or, 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 um, or images or even audio. Um, and so you could take an audio track, maybe um, your favorite song. Um, and what you probably do today is you're categorizing your, your music by genres or even language in your, in your music library. Now, when machine learning is introduced here, um, now computers, what they do is they can use this annotated data to start to learn and recognize similar patterns when they're presented with new data. Uh, so, um, so historically, this annotation process has been, um, been a pretty in labor-intensive uh, intensive process for customers to un undertake because it's mostly driven by humans um, or, and it's a manual process. Um, and so it's time consuming, it's expensive, and it just raises that barrier to entry for customers um, to start that process in building um, custom machine learning models. Now where Amazon SageMaker Ground Truth fits in is it, it's focused on making this easier for you to start um, to build up your curated data sets and, and start to accurately label these um, in the preparation of training your machine learning models. Uh, now, Amazon SageMaker Ground Truth can automatically, which is pretty cool, Shane, it can automatically start to label a, a portion of your data sets. And, and based on these labels, um, it, can, it can then start to, I guess, again, remove some of that heavy lifting that you might be doing today in your, in your data preparation. Wow, sounds like it'll save a bit of time. So explain a little more around this automated labeling. Yeah, so the automated labeling process is pretty interesting. So it's, uh, it's effectively using machine learning to label your data. Now, how this works is Amazon SageMaker Ground Truth will select a random sample of data, send it off to humans to be labeled. Now, you have the flexibility of choosing what, who, what type of human or which humans you want to send that to. And that it could be humans within your organization, so trusted employees, or you can start to look at some crowdsourcing mechanisms like Amazon Mechanical Turk um, or even um, in the third-party vendor in, uh, through our AWS Marketplace. So the results that the um, that the, the humans are have taken or of labeling the data, um, so whether from its Mechanical Turk or within your or the selected employees, now these 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 um, initial label data set is used to then build up a labeling model to label a new sample of raw data in an automated fashion. So what 
controls you have, you have the ability to set a confidence level um, within this uh, labeling machine learning model. And when the model is labeling data and the confidence level meets or is higher than the one that, than the confidence level that you've specified, the labels are then committed. But where there's like a, I guess, a discrepancy or the confidence level falls below the level that you've prescribed, um, you can then um, set up a, a mechanisms to, to send that data set um, off to human labelers. So effectively creating that feedback loop. So once again, this, this sample data set sent off to the um, human labelers, and that's either again, employees or external um, in a crowdsource fashion. Um, and then um, that new label data set is fed back into the existing um, uh, labeling machine learning model to further improve and retrain that model and improve its accuracy. Wow, you beat me to it, Tom. So it is, in effect, it's a feedback loop. I love it. And, you know, it does what it says it's going to do. When the confidence level falls below, it is sent back through to humans and we start the process again. So effectively, it's going to get better and better the more you use it. So, Tom, how do customers use this service? Yeah, Shane. So, in the in the in the console, you can or in the service, you can go and set up a labeling job that points to your data set uh, that's going to be residing in S three, which we encourage customers to store all their different types of data sets in S three off the back of its eleven nines of durability. Um, so, within within the Amazon SageMaker GroundTruth service, um, we provide four task types for customers to leverage. So, I think of a task type as a, as the type of of annotation or labeling you want to be performed. And whether that's image classification, getting a bounding box around a particular area in, a, in an image, text classification, or even segment classification. So these are provided to you out of the box, but you can also create a custom task based on some of the templates that we provide for you and that you can further custom customize yourself. So there's a lot of flexibility there, Shane, to help people get up and running and get started quickly, but also continuing to grow and, and, um, and improve that accuracy. Cool. All right. So what if I don't have enough data? You know, do I need to label all the data for all the types of machine learning? So in actual fact, you don't, Shane. So for certainly some types of machine learning, like supervised machine learning, you do need to go through this process of, of labeling and annotating your data and preparing that. Uh, but in fact, there are in, in, out there in some machine learning circles, there's a lot of buzz around reinforcement learning. So reinforcement learning trains models without large amounts of data. Uh, so re reinforcement learning, uh, refers to a goal-orientated algorithm. Uh, so think of um, training uh, a model to, uh, to maximize the amount of points uh, scored within a game. Um, and so how it actually does this is, is effectively you can start from a, a blank slate and under the right conditions, you start to in, entice and reward uh, the machine learning model based on the behavior that they're performing. And over time, um, under the right conditions, uh, you can actually see some superhuman performance uh, come back out of this after you've continuously trained uh, this model over time. You know, a great analogy to this, Shane, is, and you can probably relate to it, is, is parenting, you know, or even, tr or even training a new pet. Um, you go through this process of giving um, your, your, your children or, or your pet, uh, pet puppy or, or kitten uh, some positive and negative re rewards based on the behavior. And this is very, very similar to the approach that reinforcement learning um, provides. And, and within the industry, um, we're seeing uh, a bunch of different use cases come out of this. Um, certainly in autonomous vehicles is, is one of those really um, spaces or areas that we're seeing a huge focus on, on in, in reinfor reinforcement learning. So Tom, you've piqued my interest here. 
what did we release in this space? Yeah, Shane, so, so what we've released as part of Amazon SageMaker is Amazon SageMaker RL. Um, so it's, it's a, it's, it builds on top of a new capability within the Amazon SageMaker platform. Um, and it's adding pre-packaged reinforcement learning toolkits and making it easy to integrate uh, to a, a simulation environment. Because when you think about, uh, when you look at how you go about training um, your uh, some reinforcement learning models, this simulation environment is really critical to simulating an environment where this model is going to be operating in. And based on within that simulation, you can accelerate um, the rewards or sorry, the positive and negative rewards that you'll be giving um, or, or giving back to that machine learning model. Um, so, so Amazon SageMaker RL is now available, um, generally available in all AWS regions where SageMaker is currently available, which is awesome. It is awesome. It sounds like a great Christmas present for our customers working in or looking at the reinforcement learning space. You know, it is that time of year where everyone is frantically crossing off their Christmas shopping list. Have you finished yours yet, Tom? No, Shane, still doing it. In fact, I only just uh, had a chance to get access to my one of my son's um, uh, Santa letter last night. And you know what was on number one on the list? It was a remote control car. So um, always one of the really popular toys out there for, for um, boys to want to get as part of a Christmas present. So after recording this, Shane, you know where I'm heading. I'm heading off to the, the local hobby shop. Even grown boys. <laughs> Well, Tom, it might not get here for Christmas, but if you have $249 US burning a hole in your pocket, I might have the perfect present for you. Introducing Amazon Deep Racer, and think of this as the next generation of remote control cars. It is the drone on the ground. So with Amazon Deep Racer, you build models in Amazon SageMaker RL to train, test, and then you can iterate quickly and easily on the track in the AWS Deep Racer 3D racing simulator. So in order to get started with this, so you log into the console, you create a model, you train it so it will know when to turn, then you download it into your deep racer, and then you let it loose. So if you remember maybe around 12 months ago, we relaunched AWS Deep Lens. So think of Deep Racer as a deep lens with four wheels. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, I think. Um, yeah, just uh, these, these ideas that we're um, helping customers uh, uh, start to experiment with different capabilities within the machine learning space. Um, you know, Deep Lens was, was very focused at image classification, object detection, anything that was ob obviously related to vision um, was, was at the forefront of the capabilities here. Um, Deep Racer is really starting to think about this reinforcement learning, autonomous dr driving, and start to uh, create a a developer environment for um, developers, um, whether they're machine learning developers or application developers, uh, to start to get familiar with these capabilities. And what what's also exciting is the Deep Racer League. Um, so at reInvent, there was a there was a league that was established over the uh, of the course of the the conference. Um, and what we're looking to do over the over the course of tw uh, 2019 is and through our AWS um, Summit events, um, also hosted throughout the throughout the globe um, we'll be running um, a deep racer league as part of this event so super excited to, to see the times that people will be getting out of the deep racer um, uh, environment and, and, and laying down on the deep racer track um, you can pre-order your deep racer today on amazon.com um, and they're at the moment aiming to be released on the 6th of march 2019 so super exciting there shane 
Very much so. So they won't arrive here for Christmas this year. For those who are, you know, looking around online now, trying to find your deep racer. So that is March 6, 2019. Okay, so we're aware of what SageMaker does. You know, it provides every developer and data scientist an ability to build, train, and deploy machine model, machine learning models quickly. But Tom, there are many hardware platforms and optimizing for each and every nuance can be difficult and time-consuming. So this is where Amazon SageMaker Neo comes in as it allows you to optimize models to run up to twice as fast with less than a tenth of the memory footprint with no loss in accuracy, which, you know, this almost sounds too good to be true. You know, and today there's a wide array of different hardware platforms and processor architectures for edge devices and time spent tuning models for each one would, you know, take a lot of time. On a side note, in my youth, I lived with a game developer and the conversation at times we had ended up going down the path of, you know, optimizing either for different engines or for different hardware, you know, as it's trade-offs they would need to make. And that can be really time consuming, you know, like one, you know, in the era back then, one graphics platform may not support full screen anti-aliasing, one does, you know, what are the performance trade-offs? And this is where I think, you know, the value prop of SageMaker Neo comes in as you don't need to hire, you know, a team of developers who are aware of the different nuances of these different hardware and different frameworks. So with SageMaker Neo, you start with a machine learning model built using either MXNet, TensorFlow, PyTorch, or XGBoost and trained using SageMaker. Then you choose your target hardware platform from Intel, NVIDIA, ARM, Cadence, Qualcomm, and Zilnix. So the major ones are covered here. And then with a single click, SageMaker Neo will then compile the train model into an executable. And when it does this, the Neo runtime reduces the usage of resources, such as storage on the development platforms by 10x, and eliminates the dependence on frameworks. You know, as an example, the Neo runtime occupies 2.5 meg of storage compared to framework-dependent deployments that can occupy up to a gig of storage. The compiler uses a neural network to discover and apply all of the specific performance optimizations that will make your model run most efficiently on the target hardware platform, which is awesome here. And the model can then be deployed to start making predictions in, in the cloud or at the edge. So local compute and ML inference capabilities can be brought to the edge with AWS Greengrass, which you know, if we remember, brings local compute, messaging, data caching, and sync and ML inference capabilities to the edge. And to make help the sorry, and to help make these edge deployments easy, Greengrass now supports Neo optimized models, so you can deploy your models directly to the edge with over-the-air updates. Neo in the future will be open source, so our goal is to make sure that every framework and platform vendor will contribute and make this less challenging for developers. Neo will be available as open source under the Apache software license soon. Yeah, it's awesome, Shane. It's really exciting to to hear how we're making it easier for customers to uh, to train their models, as we saw um, or heard about around in the SageMaker platform service. Um, but also, once they've trained those models, pushing those models out to the edge and where uh, most likely uh, for a lot of common use cases, um, the inference or predictions will be looking to be made. Um, so let's change gears a little bit, Shane, and move up to up further up the stack around um, around that top. Um, AI service layer because um, there's been some really exciting announcements here. Um, you know, we've within the platform we've had a various a range of AI services um, that center around uh, vision, speech, language, chatbot services, and putting these capabilities in the hands of an application developer who may or may not have um, have machine learning experience is really exciting. I mean, this is this is almost like the Christmas coming earlier where you, where you um, you get 
access to AI capabilities um, as an API endpoint um, and start to experiment on how you could enhance uh, applications that you're delivering out to users today um, by incorporating some, some cool little AI capabilities as part of that. Now, one of the first uh, services that we're talking about today uh, is really an extension of a service that we released last year at reInvent in 2017. And this is Amazon Comprehend. So Amazon Comprehend is a natural language processing service that uses machine learning to find insights and relationships and sentiment within, within text or unstructured data sets. And at reInvent, just recently, we launched Amazon Comprehend Medical. So Amazon Comprehend Medical is an extension to the Amazon Comprehend service. And the service, this part of the service is used to identify specific medical information. Now think of medical information as uh, conditions. So medical conditions, medications, dosages, strengths of dosage, and that frequency of dosages that people uh, um, might be taking and, and that you might actually see um, within doctor's notes, clinical notes, um, patient health records. Amazon Comprehend Medical also identifies the relationship among expected medication and tests and treatment procedural information, effectively making it easier for analysis. Uh, so Amazon Comprehend Medical is generally available today in uh, US East Virginia, Ohio, US West Oregon, and Ireland in our European region. So on that same thread around the language services that we make available to customers, um, the, another announcement at reInvent uh, was Amazon Textract. Now Amazon Textract um, falls into the start of this value chain process of extracting data out of existing documents that you will, you will have out there within your, within your organization. So extracting text out of file documents like Word documents, PDFs, etc. There's, there's a huge array of that unlocked dark data within organizations. Um, that being able to extract that and start to glean, glean insights is, is pretty interesting. So Amazon Textract, think of it as, as OCR, but not just OCR. It goes beyond typical OCR capabilities, which is character recognition. Uh, I like to call this OCR++ um, as it, as it, uh, the, where, where it starts to extend from typical OCR or character recognition is, is in a couple of different areas. You know, when you, when you talk about what does it mean to understand a document, um, there's, there's, a, there's a various different process that we as humans go through. You know, the first layer is, is looking at the document and, and, and identifying a whole bunch of words that we will start to read and read those characters within those words to understand um, phrases and context um, within, within, the, within that, that document. Now, um, what's also awesome as part of TextRack is it goes beyond just recognizing these words, characters, and phrases is it has some capabilities where you can um, where you, it can detect tables. Now, within these tables, it can also start to, to mar marry up key value pairs. Um, so starting to generate a whole lot of rich data sets out of um, historically uh, unlocked data is, is pretty powerful. Yeah, and I believe the output of Textrat is JSON. Is that right, Tom? Yeah, that's right, Shane. So, so this is the start of that, that value chain for automating um, a lot of document workflows that are out there today that are um, semi-automated, maybe maybe a little bit, or maybe I'm being a little bit kind there, but there is that, uh, that, I mean, we've always wanted to be on that notion of removing paper or processing paper in automated fashion, and TechStrack is that, um, that service that can start that value chain. Yeah, for sure. You know, once it is in JSON, you can store it in a DynamoDB table, it could go anywhere. 
So I think you're right. You know, it is start of that notion of maybe one day truly becoming paperless. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Shane, it's, it's that time of year again, and you know, we were talking about uh, Christmas shopping and and um, making sure we're crossing off all those all those items from our shopping list um, in preparation for for Christmas. And I'm sure um, yourself, Shane, and like myself, I've been leaning more towards doing this online through e-commerce platforms. Um, rather than going to the traditional brick and mortar store, just really from a convenience standpoint. Yeah, totally. Because I don't need to spend an hour driving around trying to find a car park. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So much more convenience. But if you also notice that the the level of personalization that's becoming uh, more proliferant in those in in those platforms, effectively, the and uh, the the personalization is helping you um, make decisions on the types of products or services that will be appropriate for the gift or the 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 product that you're looking to purchase. Yeah, I mean, and what's been driving that um, is uh, what drives that from a technology standpoint. There's been historically a number of different um, uh, facets to that. It's 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 something that's that's not new within the industry. Um, you know, historically, there's been a lot of basic rule engines that are driving this to effectively say. Hey, I'm a I'm am a part of this demograph, and it's part of it's this time of year. Um, maybe I'm looking for summer clothes or or something like that versus a, a winter jacket. Um, but those those basic rule engines can provide challenges to organisations uh, when you're looking to manage these at scale. Um, and so other machine learning techniques that have also been popular within the industry are, are techniques like collaborative filtering or matrix factorization. Um, but what's also exciting as part of the, one of the reInvent announcements is Amazon Personalize. What is Amazon Personalize? So Amazon Personalize is a real-time personalization and recommendation engine building mechanism for you to build up a, a machine learning model. Um, and this, this capability is, is based on machine learning technology used by Amazon.com. So you as a, as a customer or a user of the service, um, bring your own data sets into the service. And then we provide a bunch of different recipes now these recipes are relevant for, for various use cases um, and they're backed by um, various deep learning algorithms. Uh, for example, hierarchical recurrent networks um, is one of those um, uh, algorithms or recipes that are available there for you to uh, utilize for personalized recommendations. Now some of the other cool things as part of Amazon Personalize is, is um, we give the ability for that to tackle various different use cases. So personalizing or personalized recommendations. So something that might be familiar to you, Shane, when you're shopping online and, and being presented with a bunch of different recommended items from a catalog on a landing page. Um, but other use cases that are available within the service is notifications and emails, um, being able to target uh, your users. So being able to push these uh, recommendations uh, out to your particular users and demographic of users, uh, trying to entice them to um, to interact with your service or, or products. Uh, you also have the ability to, um, to pull up related items. So think of, uh, think of a related item as I've selected a, a remote control car and a, and, and a specific model of, of a remote control car, um, but also as part of my catalog, I have 20 other remote control cars, so I'm gonna present those back up to, to the users as well. And then also the last use case that is capable within um, Amazon Personalize is search re-ranking. So this is effectively taking a set of results from a search query, um, but re-ranking these results based on your particular or each user's um, personalization characteristics that you have built up over time for them. 
Wow, that search re-ranking sounds really good and it's probably something I could have used in the past when developing a website. So as a developer here, Tom, how do I get started? You know, how do I feed information into personalized? Do I need to feed information into personalized? Do I need an SDK? How does it work? Yeah, so so you do, Shane. You do need to feed your data into it. So so this the, the data or the recommendation um, recommendation model is exclusively trained on the data that each customer brings to AWS. Um, and so, so effectively it works in four phases. The first phase is that data preparation piece where, um, where you load your data into S3. Um, now this could be, uh, this, is of, this is offline data and it might be your historical user activity data sets, it might be the user attributes that you've already collated of your user base. And also probably an item catalog of sorts. Um, and then um, you're bringing this data um, or you're selecting this data and you're pushing that into what I mentioned earlier was, is, is a recipe. So a recipe is, um, is effectively um, allowing you to choose the various different use case um, that you're looking to achieve. Um, and then you can um, apply what's called auto ML capabilities for the service. Amazon Personalized will then um, train up a bunch of, of models and choose the most appropriate um, performing model that's best fit for, your, for, your, for the outcome that you're looking for. So look, you keep mentioning recipes, Tom. What is the difference between a recipe and an algorithm? Yeah, so, so think of a, a recipe as, um, as a number of, number of aspects. So for example, the personalized recipe um, is a combination of, of a couple of things. There's the, it also, what, it, what it does is, it, first of all, it will, it will perform some featureization of the raw data that, you're, um, that you've brought into the Amazon, uh, from the Amazon S3 service into, into Amazon Personalize. And this is effectively converting the CSV data set that you might, have, um, might be introducing to, to vectors. And then the next step, it's, it's um, as part of this recipe, it will split the data set between your training data set and your test data set that you'd be looking to, to test and validate the, the, the quality of the model that um, Amazon Personalize um, builds. And then the last part, Shane, is the actual selection of the algorithm. So we provide customers with, with a bunch of different, um, of different algorithms. And I think uh, at, at the moment, there are, there are six um, algorithms available to customers to use. So, so, effectively a pers- uh, so, so effectively a recipe chain is a combination of algorithms, um, but also removing some of the, the heavy lifting that customers were doing or will, will do if they, if they were looking to build up their own um, custom model um, on their own. Nice one. I'm thinking of it as like a like an OpsWorks cookbook here, with a uh, AI ML lens looking over it. Yeah, that's right. There's a bit of I guess uh yeah we've we've wrapped some automation around, um or, or extending that 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 decision point that customers um have typically had to had to had to do. So there's an abstraction layer there. Uh, so once once the model has been trained um, through Amazon Personalize, it will be presented as an API endpoint. So the next phase of that is integrating this API into your application architecture. Um, so the integration could be properly placed in two areas. One is your application front end. So the front end would be making a call um, to the personalized API um, or maybe even your web server. Um, so an existing web server environment might also look to make an additional API call um, in the back end to that um, recommendation uh, or Amazon Personalize um, API endpoint. Um, 
So as part of that, um, that's the sort of like it's, it's at the moment all just being sort of a one-way training life cycle of bringing your data, training your data, whether you choose the recipe or um, letting uh, Amazon personalize to do that for you through the auto ML capabilities and then integrating into application. But what's also really important is with Amazon Personalize is that, um, and we mentioned earlier, Shane, around that continuous feedback loop. So Amazon Personalize has the ability to, to bring in um, uh, clickstream data sets um, real time uh, and other data sets that might be being consumed uh, or generated from your, from your users um, uh, through the interaction of your application stack. And, and this provides that feedback mechanism to, again, continually retrain the model, further improving it. So the recommendations and personalization experience that you're providing to your users um, heightens that engagement, heightens that, that, that enticing them to do that click through in your, in, your, um, in your e-commerce platform. Awesome. Okay, so how much of a black box is this service? Or, or let me rephrase that, how customizable is it? Yeah, so Shane, um, so there's a couple of parameters or areas that, that customers can um, utilize or provide, we provide flexible um, capabilities for customers to do. The first is, is the hyperparameter aspect. So for those familiar with hyperparameters, whether they're familiar with Amazon SageMaker um, and being able to modify the number of epochs, for example, um, you certainly have the ability to do that within Amazon Personalize. And the other aspect is you can bring your own recipes. So I, I, I didn't mention that earlier, um, but customers can, in, sort of in a, in a similar fashion to, to bringing your own algorithm for uh, Amazon SageMaker, where you can, um, when you can containerize uh, or build up a container image, um, including the algorithm that you're looking to, 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 to utilize, um, import that into the service, and then Amazon Personalize can use that to train and uh, deploy and continuously um, retrain your model as part of the offering. So Tom, we're almost out of time today, but I'm hoping we've got time for one more announcement. Final service to, to talk about today, Shane, was, is still in the AI service and application space, um, and this is Amazon Forecast. So Amazon Forecast is a time series forecasting service. So using machine learning, Amazon Forecast processes time series data sets. So think of time series data sets as sales data, price data, promotion data, holidays data, uh, cash flow data, things that have been, events that have been generated over time, even, even IoT device data that's been generated by IoT devices out there. Now Amazon Forecast, what it will do is it will look at this time series data set and also um, compare that to associated data sets that you've also um, brought into the service. Now associated data set um, is something Think of it like as a product description uh, or a placement um, of, of, of items. Um, and then using these, um, using some uh, uh, analysis, performing um, some complex um, or really effectively determining these complex relationships between those two to, again, at the end of the day, produce um, more accurate results for our customers. Yeah, and look, not to downplay this uh, service, like this is, you know, oh really 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 important you know i used to work in the past tom for a very large food manufacturer and forecasting you know how much product they should produce based on you know the time of year what promotions are running uh sales product placement you know where their items are located in the supermarket store you know this is a really complicated stuff it is shane so amazon forecast is, has been born from a lot of the learnings at amazon.com has has had 
um, and the and learnings around from a, from an algorithm standpoint to automating this this heavy lifting that um, ha- customers do around this because it's super important to to make sure that you are um, you're fulfilling your supply chain or or monitoring events out in the field um, that's been generated that's relevant to your business um, and get an accurate ability to accurately forecast and to remove that waste potential. Good one. All right. So, and with that, we are out of time today. So no doubt we all have plenty to dabble with in the coming weeks and months as you know, the services we discussed here today are lowering the entry point and putting AI and ML services in the hands of every developer and data scientist. Our next episode will be developer centric. So we're going to target the announcements for builders who want to rapidly and safely deliver software. So just to quickly recap what we spoke about today, we spoke about some AI services. So Comprehend, Medical, Textract, Personalize, and Forecast, which enable application developers with little to no ML experience to build applications that utilize and bring ML capabilities. We also spoke about ML services with SageMaker GroundTruth, SageMaker RL, SageMaker Neo, and my favorite RC car, DeepRacer. And lastly, some of the ML frameworks and infra announcements with the P3DN and AWS Optimized for TensorFlow. So my brain is hurting after all this today, Tom. So look, thank you for being here and being our guide today. And as always, we love to hear feedback. So please contact us on awstechchat at amazon.com. And until next time, keep building. Bye for now. Signing off. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, and tune in again to learn about AWS Cloud. Please subscribe to AWS Tech Chat by visiting www.awstechchat.com.